I'm John Prudeau, The Economist's US editor, and I'm the host of a new podcast about the 2020 elections and the road to power in America. Together with two of my American colleagues and a whole cast of Economist correspondents around the world, we'll take you through the ideas and the social changes that are shaping politics in what promises to be an exceptional election year. We'll look at the long view and ask the big questions. What has the Trump administration actually achieved? What do centrist Democrats really believe in? And what kind of country is America going to be after November? We'll go beyond the headlines and horse race to delve deeper into the contest for the White House and why it matters so much. That's Checks and Balance for the global view on democracy in America. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Acast or your podcast app. Start listening today. The kind of old-fashioned cop who preferred working the streets and making arrests to taking tests toward promotion. He was the closest thing New York had to a dirty Harry. This is One Tough Podcast on the OG Podcast Network. Here's your host... Bo Deedle. Welcome to One Tough Podcast. I'm joined here, like always, with Carla with Good one morning. of my suits on. You, are you looking sharper, shop, Carla? What, no tie today? Dress for success, but a little bit casual. Yeah, okay. And then I got a guy that I knew and I met before, and his name is Nigel Eccles. Eccles. And Nigel's known. He's a tech entrepreneur, and he's our, currently the CEO of Flick. We'll get into what the fuck Flick is in a, in a little bit. He's best known for being the co-founder and CEO of one of the great gambling sites of all times, FanDuel. Nigel, thanks for coming here today. Thanks for having You've me. You've got it's a, a very, very interesting life already. Yeah. And I'll be honest with you today, uh, I have to be very honest. Mm-hmm. I was a degenerate gambler at one yeah, time. Yeah. What do you mean, yeah, yeah, you know about it? <laughs> that just doesn't surprise me. Well, but I was gambling with the Lucchese and Gambino family. Yeah, yeah, that, that's gambling a bit. And the Genovese <laughs> family. Level. So the only problem with that is the good part about FanDuel is that you've got to put the money up, right? Yeah, absolutely. You can't, like, yeah. I'll owe you Tuesday for a yeah. hamburger today. Yeah, yeah. You don't and, do that shit, And the most right? you're going to lose is your money. So that's that's kind of a nice Well, that's thing. a good gamble. Yeah, yeah, because absolutely. Because in reality, when you have to put the money up, Carly, listen up, because this is an important fact is when you have to put the money up, you have to show the money before you lose it. It's a lot easier than picking up the phone and calling Carmine and say, hey, Carmine, give me 200 <laughs> times on the Giants uh, minus the seven, and then uh, and then another, uh, you parlay it to this. The only problem is you don't have any money, but when it comes to answering the pipe, the next thing is, hey, Mo, you owe me $250,000. Yeah, Carmine, I ain't got it. No, no problem, Bo. We can lend you the money uh, two points a week. What's two points a week on 250000 Come on. That's uh, 30000 No, no, no. Come on, come on. Two points a week. If it's $250 a week, what is that? $250 a week. So it's five. It's $5,000 a week yep. is the VIG on that. 5000 a week. Five times 50 is what? 200 and something thousand dollars. So in one year's time, the VIG alone, you'll pay for the principal. So that's not a very good investment. Why I'm bringing this all out is because I really believe in FanDuel, and I really believe that there was room for something Mm -hmm. like this with gambling. They're going to gamble anyway, but have it where they have the capacity not to get themselves in a shitload of problems. Yep, 
have a legal regulator. Should I just endorse Fandle? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Are you still involved with him? No, no, I've separated from the company. You ain't making no money off him? Um, long gone. Fuck them then. Yeah, yeah. No, I thought, I thought you had a little piece of the joint. Uh, no, no, it's, it's great to see the brand out there. We built a really special well, you, company. Well, you're responsible yeah. for, for bringing it out. As a matter of fact, we had conversation with the other guy from DraftKings mm-hmm. together. You guys were partners at one time? Yeah, uh, we nearly merged. The FTC blocked it. Yeah, uh, I so, thought you guys, honestly, yeah. I thought you guys merged the last thing yeah, you no, heard. Yeah, we, we were going to, and then the, the FTC pulled a nasty surprise on us. Well, in reality, it was a, was a pretty good merger because you're both very mm-hmm. real powers in the in the yeah. gambling area, and I well supportive of that. Sorry, my organized crime friends, but there is another way for gambling. And yeah. really, you got bookmakers doing time in jail mm-hmm. for taking numbers. Now you can go to the corner store and play lottery and play yeah. numbers. Yeah. And guys that went to jail for that, you know, times change and yeah, people change, and gambling is there. It'll always be there. To, to you should never become a degenerate. Mm-hmm. It's a it's it's a disease. It's yeah, yeah. a disease like alcoholism or even uh, well, gambling, alcoholism. What's another one? Uh, opioids, anything. And like me, I'm a sex fanatic. I like to get laid. What does that mean? What does that mean? Yeah, I have one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that stuff. But let's get into you, okay? It's not about you, Carl. Uh, what's your name? Carl. Carl, yeah. okay. Carl, it's not about you and your sexual devils, okay? Right now, we want to know about my friend here. Mm-hmm. Nigel, you obviously didn't grow up in Brooklyn. Where no. the hell did you grow up? I grew up in Northern Ireland. Yeah, North Ireland. Northern uh, Ireland. Northern a little Ireland. slow. North Northern Ireland. Ireland. It can only be said fast. You yeah. understand that? You can't say Northern Ireland. You have to. You can't say Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland. Only way it can be Northern pronounced. Ireland. No one would understand. Okay, so from it. Northern Ireland, <laughs> you headed up the IRA fraction. There, yeah, what did you do? <laughs> uh, very much not. I grew up on a farm. <laughs> okay, on a farm with cows and stuff. Right? Yeah, cows, absolutely. Okay, and and Eastern. Were you, you were in the service. Uh, no, I. but I did work the British Army in Iraq. I uh, was a consultant with them, uh, where to put stuff where, uh, for yeah. a couple of years. Tell us that you, you didn't kill any of those uh, talheads? Come on. I, <laughs> not, I, was, I was there when, when the whole thing was, was reasonably settled, so no, yeah. I didn't see any of the crazy uh, We had a little, too, stuff. a little bit of a premature ejaculation over there. We shouldn't have pulled out yeah. so fast. Yeah. Am I correct? Yeah, it didn't go so well. No, it was going along mm. pretty well where we were letting the people become com- mm. capable of running their own country. And then all the, and I mean, that was the advent of that early pull-out the, and you were a consultant, and I mm-hmm. think you could agree. By us pulling out, just gave an open atmosphere to the ISIS clowns yep. over there for them mm-hmm. to to entrench themselves and take over this instable instable imbili- what's the word? Unstable. No, instability. Country. Right? Is that a word? Instability. Instability. That one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He's clears up yeah, my word. Yeah, 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 he yeah, went yeah. to college. I went to the street. I don't have any kind of vocabulary. <laughs> okay. So he worked in uh, McKinsey. It was a big yeah, company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know I McKinsey. And so, were you working for McKinsey with the uh, uh, consultant with the army, yeah, yeah, or separate? Yeah, we were we were consulting the British Army. Um, basically, after what what what's happened in the last or twenty thirty years is move from being wars of necessity to like wars of you know the ones that you decide to go into. And Iraq was this classic one decided to go into, and so it was a very different footing to trying to say okay. And then the other thing is up until the last minute. No one would say we were definitely going into Iraq. And so for the Minister of Defense and the British Army and also for the U.S. forces, they had to sort of be on this footing of like, oh, no, we're not going to war. Nothing's happening. And then, Mm. bang, we need to be in there like in two weeks. And so logistically of getting your stuff into Iraq or getting into Kuwait and into Iraq that quickly. Well, the necessity came, I think, when he attacked, uh, uh, what did he, they hit Kuwait. 
right? Uh, well, this is the second one. This is oh, the this 2003 2003 invasion. wasn't yeah. the Gulf War. The Gulf yeah, War yeah, was yeah. Kuwait. That's right. You're clarifying that because my friend was the uh, admiral in charge of that, mm-hmm. logistics admiral Ed Straw. So basically, this is the second one yeah. when uh, uh, Bush, the son, yeah. said that, you know, we got to go in there. We got to take him out. Now, the yeah. only problem I got with this thing is... Saddam Hussein, with his two ugly sons there, Guido and Guido, whatever his name was, all they wanted, you know, they were raping all the school children and all that stuff, bringing them into the palace. But the real fact about Saddam Hussein, he kept those animals in line. And I use the word animals not mm-hmm. in a projective way, but in a real factual way. They were animals. They were killing each other's cousins. You don't believe this. You don't believe this. You get your head cut off. You get your nuts cut off. They were animals. And now all of a sudden we had Saddam Hussein who kept these animals under control like that other freak, Gaddafi. He was keeping those other animals under control. We had no reason to take Gaddafi out nor Hussein. All we should have did with Hussein was send him some nice Johnny Walker Blue and some porno movies and Frank Sinatra music. He loved Frank Sinatra, porno movies and Johnny Blue. So leave him alone. Send him a couple of cases of porno movie and let him say, okay, Saddam, nice, take care of your people, and stay the hell out of there. And we wouldn't have lost all these American and British beautiful young men and women's lives over there. And they come back with PTSD for no reason. Let this, let them run their own country there. We're not going to change the world. Very obvious. Global warming, big deal. They're over there, you got this girl that looked like she was on, on a trance. You are killing my life. I am a dead person. The world will end in 10 years. The girl was obviously on some sort of a tranquilizer. My point is, who are the biggest people destroying this world? I was there. Beijing, China. How do you say it? Beijing? Beijing, yeah. One week. Disgusting. Smog. Ugh. Traffic, food sucks. The girls have no asses there. I hate it over there. They're the biggest contributors, them along with India, the biggest contributors of global warming. Why are we stopping them? You don't like China? I don't like, <laughs> no, no. I, you know, I do take out Chinese uh, New York takeout food, but I mean, as far as eating the food there, it sucks. Nobody has a smile like your smile. I like smiles. You walk around Beijing, China, their capital, everybody walks around like this. With pusses on their face. There's no dogs, no cats. Maybe I ate one of them, but you don't even see them on the street. Every place has guards around it, and the people just ain't happy. They're like night of the living dead. No, I don't like China, okay? I had a Chinese partner that I'm trying to get rid of right now because he didn't do the right thing with me. That's a whole nother story. Let's focus on you. How did you take, you came up with an idea about mm-hmm. HubDub, H-U-B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is that? So that was the original idea. It was, it was a prediction market. You could take a current news story, like, is Trump going to get in, impeached? And we would trade predictions on that. Now, this seems to happen all the day, all the time, but this is 2008. And so we would run this, and, you know, we would get a lot of real engagement around politics, really, but actually one of the biggest categories was sports. But it was a prediction market where people would trade predictions, and using play money, they would get this kind of payoff if they got it right. Uh, and so that was like you were making money on people's prediction, and mm-hmm. you were taking bets on it. We were taking oh, it was play money bets. The idea was going to be advertising supported, but the problem was didn't have a very good business model. Advertising is not a great business model, and so that's why we switched it into FanDuel. 
And then FanDuel, you came with that. At the same time, you had uh, what DraftKings going on, right? Uh, yeah, well, no. So 2009, we came up with FanDuel. Uh, DraftKings really copied us about three years later. Uh, so they really took what we did. We created this idea where you could play fantasy sports, but instead of playing with your 11 buddies, you would play with a million other people. Uh, you could pay and win in one day. Wow, wow, you great, great concept. Now, you, you, so you started the fan, fan duel and then all of a sudden DraftKings jumped up. Mm-hmm. You couldn't, uh, you couldn't patent it. You couldn't, there was no proprietary. No, there. not really, no. Nothing there. Wasn't. there. So no. I, I could have came up with Bo's, uh, yeah, bets. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. BB, Bo's yeah. bets, call it. We, we had over a hundred competitors, so I, I wouldn't, even if that wasn't. Why don't we start time? something like that? Uh, we'll start it today. <laughs> Bo's bet, bet with Bo. Yeah. BB, yeah. right, Carlo? <laughs> Sounds good. I like that. Let's but, look, look up the demand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For this airs. So then, so then, all of a sudden, the story of Fanduel, right? Yeah. It, it, it was covered in a book, yeah. and that book was called the Billion Dollar Fantasy. Uh, What's your take? Did you write that book? No, I no. Were you involved with it? No. So the writer is a is a guy who writes uh, for Sports Illustrated. He's a he's an editor there. He writes mainly about baseball. Uh, he's covered the company for four years. He interviewed over two hundred, three hundred people, including us. Uh, so he had. He had amazing sort of access and sort of really saw the whole story of what happened to the company. So, you know, I was, I, he interviewed me. I, you know, he gave me an advanced copy to read the cool book. pretty cool fucking guy. I like but I didn't, uh, I didn't write it. Yeah. So now the, the question, you, you, in, in the audience, you have my financial advisor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah who is your shout Pat well, Haggerty. From? From Aegis Capital. Pat Haggerty from Aegis Capital made me a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Very, very positive guy. And I do tell all my listeners, Pat Haggerty, he's a man. Now, he introduced us kind of uh, to you. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, how – and here's the question I think my listeners really like. How much fucking money did you make selling? <laughs> about? Well, if you read the book, if you read the book – you, I don't want to spoil it. Like, come on, come on, come on, come on. I'd be a spoiler. Say, think of a number and then think of a smaller one. I would say from, and what year did you sell it now? I'm figuring it out now. It sold uh, 18 months ago. 18 months ago. So that's pretty recent. I would have to say clear. Now, I'm not talking about overall and all that because I'm calculating. I got my financial guy in the audience here. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say, ching, 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 You came out. With your end, after everything, four hundred million, significantly below that number. Really? Who was you? Didn't do this financial <laughs> transaction, did you? <laughs> Come on, buddy. Seriously? Yeah. Who did you have transacting? Stevie Wonder? Come on, buddy. <laughs> so uh, the well the the company sold after I left. Um, the transaction itself is subject to litigation. Um, uh, because what they did in the transaction was myself and my co-founders and 500 employees uh, were wiped out uh, so that they could actually have 100% of the upside, uh, they being the uh, the preference shareholders. So in other words, the investors all took their real pie out. So everybody made money on it? Uh, the investors did, but the founders and employees did not. Wow. That was a shithole deal. Were you involved with my friend for the audience then? Involved in what? With him? Uh, no, no, I, I only met him about six, uh, about six oh, months ago. Oh, okay, He's so a, you're at kids it. Kids go oh. to school together. Yeah, I was yeah, about yeah, to yeah, fire yeah, him yeah, right yeah. now <laughs> and then. I was going to say, if you did this with this cat, you ain't yeah, getting my yeah. money. But to make a long story short, wow, can you believe that? Colin? It's unbelievable. 
Well, my, my listeners are going to probably crash their cars now listening. Yeah. This guy sold FanDuel to me. I was lowballing at $400 million <laughs> because of what I saw. Because you even actually said, you know, it was like FanDuel was like holding on to the tail of a dragon, mm-hmm. which meant so many things were yeah, happening yeah. with advertising, marketing, yeah. money. Kid, bam. I mean, it was all over every, every channel. Every, mm-hmm. I thought this was, I said, man, how come I missed that? That because uh, I was involved with you guys, you contacted yeah, yeah, yeah. me mm-hmm. with the DraftKings guys, and you guys were trying to get le- legislation through uh, the New York State Senate. I just happened to know a lot of these senators yeah, yeah. guys, and I said, you know, in reality, this is good. Yeah. This first of all, I give them the upside of it. The yeah. upside was what we talked about mm-hmm. in the beginning, where we don't have to plus deal with tax revenue, and plus. Well, that's the important side. The tax revenue is mm-hmm. the number one. Also, not getting not getting yourself into the uh, gutters with organized crime. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, all my organized crime friends out there. I still love you guys. <laughs> but the thing is that you know it's something where people can bet with their heads yeah, yeah. with what they got. I mean, look, they yeah. want to mortgage their house and put that money. They mortgage their house already. Now you owe it. Yeah. But you owe it to the mortgage company. You don't owe it to his family, mm-hmm. Carlo. Your family, okay? Yeah. You know? No, I, I totally get. It. So. Uh, so again, like I had 500 employees. I just to give you one example. I had an employee who who built her entire customer service team of over 80 people. You know, he was somebody who was working 60, 70, 80 hours a week. Uh, he left the company. He spent five thousand dollars paying the, to the company to buy his shares. And whenever this company went through a multi-billion-dollar transaction, he gets a letter from the company to say that his shares are worth nil. So, you know, there's something, you know, I think anyone, even without going into the details, can say something doesn't look right there, and that's why the subject of litigation. Wow, 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 wow. And, and then, like, as I said, my involvement with you was, how did you guys find me, uh, Bo Deedle, out of everybody out there, consultants uh, all over the place? Yeah, so there was a period in early 2016 when um, the whole industry had a, a massive crisis. We had attorney generals in 11 states coming after us, including uh, our own state here in New York of uh, Eric Schneiderman uh, at the time. Yeah, but he was busy sucking on some chick. <laughs> Doing yeah. quite, quite a lot of other stuff. Yeah, yeah, uh, hitting the ass or something. We I don't had, remember. You know, we had federal inquiries. Uh, we were running out of money. You know, so we had a lot of things going wrong at the same time. Um, and, but one of, our, one of our biggest concerns was we had these payment providers that would facilitate credit card payments. And... We were getting wind from them that they were going to pull out, and if we, well, I think one of them too, and I had a connection there too, yeah. was with uh, my guys for the credit card with the Frank Bizignano's company. First, yeah, first, first day. That's right. So we connected we, over that, right? Because I had, a, mm-hmm. I have a great relationship with Frank uh, yeah. Bizignano, Guy Chiarello, First yeah. Data. I, they just sold it for telephone numbers to yeah. another company. What's the company they sell it to? I forget offhand, but it's, uh, it's a big financial man. What? Oh man, come on. Read up. Okay, so they just sold it to a big conglomerate. Yeah, yeah. And they had $20 billion in debt, and they sold for some telephone yeah, yeah. numbers. I mean, I just can't. I don't understand yeah, finances. Yeah, come on. Banks make money. You know? Man, this is, oh, uh, man. Yeah, we I know all you, of this. I tell you, yeah. yeah. But the Swiss banks make a lot of money, they but they don't pay anything out. Yeah. But uh, so then you had you find me good. Yeah, so, so we connected over that because we were like, look, we, you know, if we can't process credit cards, we're dead in the water. So we connected over that, your connection there, first data. And then we also connected over because we need to change the law in New York. So we have the New York Attorney General coming after us, uh, who's basically saying we're an illegal gambling operation. I think his exact term was we were a, a multi-billion dollar 
a legal gambling operation designed to defraud sports fans, which was like, you know, probably what I've written defraud. on my tombstone. When you pick the wrong team, you defraud them because they got to pay. That's defraud. You know what I'm saying, Carlo? So is yeah, that, that defraud or is that called something else? No, I think it's whenever you do something that's disruptive in the industry, Carlo, people come after it's you. It's called you lost. Yeah. It's not fraud. You want to bet it, you pay it, okay? Yeah, this is a product that, you know, the customers loved, you know, we had millions of happy users, even the people we used to have, and maybe even still do, a money-back guarantee that, like, if you came and play on FanDuel and, and you lost, but if you didn't like it, you just, uh, you know, you just send us an email and we'd give you your money back. And that was like, you know, whoa, your, whoa, whoa, your whoa, mom whoa. friends would not for that. <laughs> whoa, 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 You would give them money yeah, back with money losses? Back. Yeah, for losses. So you come in, you come and play, play the product. And if you win, great. And if you don't win, you don't like it, just send us an email. We'll give you your money back. Carlo, get me the number, right? <laughs> and they still giving the money back to on the losses? I don't know what they do nowadays. Oh, I'm, shit. I'm I would have liked to have been that instead yeah. of my friends it's from like uptown. No I had to pay them. I had to pay them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I paid them. Yeah. I don't owe nothing to nobody. Yeah. But I tell you what, I like that action. Yeah, that was great. So, you know, we had millions of happy You're such customers. a pure guy. I mean, you're like, you like you look like a bar of soap. You're very clean looking and very articulate. I like you a lot, you know. Thank you. You know, you don't have that slimitatious <laughs> value to you. That's why you did, that's why you sold the company for so little. Yeah, well, you maybe. got sucked it in there. Yeah. If you were a little slimier, you would have shook these bastards down for at least a half a billion. No? If you had bone negotiating, yeah, we yeah. would have shook them down for half a billion. Maybe my friend maybe. Fredo over yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, but okay, let's stay on on target here. So I want to know about this flick now. You just started. Yeah, yeah. So what is it? Flick is a podcast chat platform. So for example, all the listeners in the show, they're like, "Wow, this is great! I'd love to talk to other people who've heard this show." Like I could chat to my wife about it. She doesn't listen to this show. Maybe she does listen to this show, but if she doesn't, I don't really. Maybe I don't have anybody to talk to about it. So everyone, so we've got a bunch of podcasters on this platform. They're building up big communities. So like the Audible, which is a big fantasy football community, they're on uh, they're on our platform. So their listeners can go chat to each other and go, "Hey." You know, what do you think of this show? What do you think of the is a fantasy football? Like, what do you think of your lineup for Thursday? Who's good? Who's bad? That's all happening on our app. Wow, it sounds great. couple of things. We just had uh, one of the great and uh, New, New York Giants on our podcast mm-hmm. uh, a couple of days Carl ago. Banks, yeah. Carl Banks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great story. What yeah. a great guy he is. He's yeah, a yeah. class act. And then, you know, it's fu- funny. We were doing the movie. I was My friend Nick Pelleggi did, uh, wrote uh, Goodfellas and mm-hmm. Casino. Yeah. So we're doing the movie Casino, and and all of a sudden, uh, Nick Pelleggi, the writer and one of the producers, bought this guy Lefty Rosenberg. Left Rosenthal. Lefty, Lefty, Lefty Rosenthal. He was the guy who gave all the uh, the odds on all the mm-hmm. games. And yeah, all yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, I met him, and he listens to you and Imus for the last thirty years. Bo, he loves you. He goes, Would you give him a call? Said, yeah, I'd like to meet the guy. Hey, Lefty, how you doing? And Lefty, give me twelve games for the Sunday, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. games, right? So he gives me. 12 games, true story. Mm-hmm. So I bet like 10,000 on them each yeah, game, yeah. man. How about I lost 12 out of 12? I called Lefty Rosenthal back. I said, lose my friggin' number. <laughs> I had 12 out of 12 losers. I should have just went the other that's way. That was enough of my advice on that shit. That's incredible. I love to watch all these guys that know everything, and I love their pick. And they play the music. Yeah, and that yeah. fat guy, that radio guy, what's his name? The guy in New York, that fat guy, he thinks he knows everything. Francesa? 
No, yeah, Mike Francesa, Fatso there. He, uh, he, he thinks he knows everything. I went by his pick one year. I think I lost about a hundred large. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very bad pick. I'd rather pick my nose. Yeah. I'd rather go with Stevie Wonder than him. Yeah, look, it's pretty simple. Like, if someone's selling picks, why aren't they just using themselves? Like, if they're so good, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't, I don't need to sell them because they're great. <laughs> yeah, people like, have got the great picks. They're not. selling You go to the racetrack, you get the cheat sheet. Yeah, with yeah. these handicappers, they're making a lot of money with their cheat sheets. Do the math how many times it went. Not yeah. so good. Yeah. Not yeah. so good. So this, uh, uh, this flick. Yeah. We're, we're going to get involved with flick. Yeah, I want to come yeah, on board. Great. I want to get this community on it. This would be great. Let me tell you a little something because I, I really, mm-hmm. honestly, I've got a lot of people on the show. Yeah. Yeah. You got more to you than you are right now. Mm-hmm. Flicky do, flicky yeah, do. Yeah. But yeah. I am in the midst of uh, getting involved with the, uh, uh, the Dickey brothers mm-hmm. who are from uh, Cumulus Radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, David Pecker from mm-hmm. Advanced, uh, Advanced Media. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, my other friend, the billionaire. What was his name? Phil Falcone. Phil Falcone. Mm-hmm. Phil has bought up, I think, something like 300 stations across mm-hmm. the, on free TV. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to do our own network. Yeah, yeah. So in other Fantastic. words, people don't want to, don't have the money to pay a hundred, two hundred dollars a month yeah. for cable horse yeah, shit. Yeah. And you have free TV stations. So he bought up all these stations. Yeah, so yeah. I'm like spearheading this whole thing together. So I'd like to talk to you offline mm-hmm. on yeah, that yeah, too, because yeah. you'd be a special guy representing yeah. me. But more, when it comes down to the potatoes, mm-hmm. you ain't negotiating the potatoes. <laughs> I will negotiate the potatoes because you're a little lax with this yeah, whole yeah, thing here yeah, with yeah. this sale. I wish I was, I wish you would have called me. This sale would have went down a lot. Different, right, Carlo? Yeah, we would have got more, more potatoes. Right, more potatoes. We have to have more potatoes. Okay, what about some more stuff that you're doing? Yeah, what else am I doing? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm busy. Uh, well, no, my big, my big one's Flick. That's where we we kind of see podcasting. So today, there's something like seven hundred thousand podcasts. Seven? We're part of seven hundred. Carlo, how'd you get yeah, me in this crap? It's it doubled in, in I think the past three Carlo years. got me yeah. in this crap. We're doing it what a year and a half? A little over a year. We and have half. I think seventy in the can. I think yeah. Yeah. seventy it's like in the only can. Only about ten percent of podcasts or one percent have over two thousand listeners. Oh, that's, that's true. Yeah. So there's a lot. There's a lot of long tail. Like we've had, then, you know, we had on him my friend, personal friend Ken Langone. Oh yeah, yeah. He just wrote the book about capitalism. Mm-hmm. One of the good, greatest guys in the world. He just gave three hundred million dollars to NYU Hospital, but then he just just recently. All the kids that are enrolled to become doctors, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, anything you want, mm-hmm. he's paying the whole freight to right. become doctors. Wow. He's a billionaire. Yeah, yeah. That is one of, he gave $300 million to the, fix the St. Patrick's Cathedral. Yeah. The man is the man. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what he is. And he was on my podcast. And to listen to his story yeah. about how he started and yeah. how he worked up, it's a great story yeah. for America. And that's what I love about America. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be communist America. I don't want to have a country where, Everybody walks around like in China, like friggin' eunuchs. I want people to work hard. Hard work equals success. Success. Yeah. And when you work hard, you should be complimented. Mm-hmm. Like my financial advisor, I want him to work hard. Yeah, yeah. I want him to do good things. Yeah. And that is success. Yeah. And the more successful he is, mm-hmm. more potatoes I got in my pocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's all about one thing in, in this great country of America. I don't think we should take away from the values of capitalism. Uh-huh. Because as much as I don't like some of these... Dot com, uh, lucky sperm. Yeah. They're not lucky sperms for, cause they really made their own fortunes. I'm jealous about 
bald-headed Basil walk around. He looks like a friggin' unit. I'd like to see if, if he didn't have that money, if that hot chick Sanchez would be with him. She wouldn't even spit on him. But <laughs> you're worth $100 billion. So you're worth $100 billion. All of a sudden you get handsome. Uh, Al D'Amato, Senator D'Amato told me once, when he worked in Nassau County as somebody, uh, you know, he didn't have that many chicks around him. And his penis was that size. I'm showing about three inches. All of a sudden he Wait, became... How, how did he know? How, no, he told All of a sudden he became a United States senator, it became 24 inches. Power equals broads. Yeah. You don't know that? Henry Kissinger said that power is the ultimate aphrodisiac. Well, I don't know if Henry could be popping any loads anymore. (laughs) Henry's happy to get up in the morning, take a Viagra, and take a piss. You know what I mean? With all respect to Henry. Henry's almost 100 freaking years old, Carl. It doesn't work forever. I said a long time ago. Okay. All right. But the point is that that's one of the reasons that you gotta, you gotta pop up again. Mm-hmm. You did yeah, yeah. something. You didn't get your, you didn't get what you're supposed to get yeah, on yeah. this, this deal, this fan mm-hmm. deal. But there's stuff in the future. I got a lot of shit on the pot. Yeah. But you're a very smart guy that I would like to work mm-hmm. with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. when we make big potatoes, yeah. say if we made five hundred million on an yeah, next yeah. venture, yeah. And you made help me make it. You know yeah. what I do? I cut the cake. Yeah. I cut the cake. You'd be getting hundreds of millions out of my five hundred. Yeah, yeah. That's the way it's got to be. That sounds good. I'm successful. Everybody's around. Carlos, my mm-hmm. guy, he's, he's developing a lot of shit with me. Yeah. When it happens, yeah. we're all there. Everybody eats. Yeah, yeah. Even my financial guy, yeah, I'll yeah, throw him yeah. some potatoes. If he loses them, we'll find another one. That's all. <laughs> but uh, I'll, I'll be very honest. You have like a great way about you. Yeah. I feel positiveness. <laughs> and I'm a detective. <laughs> and I know a slime ball when I meet one. And you're no slime ball. I appreciate you're, you're that. Quite, and that's why you only got what you got mm-hmm. out of the deal, because you were too proper. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you need a bow to go in there to say, no, 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 wait a second. Yeah. Give me my potatoes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Nigel, so when you founded FanDuel, mm-hmm. you saw an opportunity, yeah. a market that really didn't exist. And now with Flick, it's a similar mm-hmm. thing. So what do you look for in an idea? And how do you determine if it's viable and you could scale it into being a successful company. So, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's not a simple answer. I think what I, I tend to look for is like a really, you know, something that's becoming a really big market. I look for, and so podcasting is great. Like, so the other thing is about half of the U.S. population listened to a podcast last year. About 20% of them listened in the last week. And it's growing fast. This is a market that's doubling every few years. So that's great. So this is a really good market. Then I look and I say, well, what's missing? And the thing that struck me in podcasting that was missing was I, I listened to this podcast. I listened to this podcast and trend on. And I was like, wow, this is great. Um, you, had, you had the mooch on. I was like, hey, this is a great show. I want to talk to other people who listen to the show, but I have no way of doing it. And so right. that's kind of was the idea. Like, how do I talk to these other people around the show? You know, I could do it on Twitter, but it's kind of full of trolls and it's like a, not a great experience. It's not just about the show. And so when we talked to lots of podcasters, they were always like, yeah, I just would love to have a way that it was just my, my people, people who listen to my show. How do I build my community around that? I could do it on Facebook, but that's not my community. That's Zuckerberg's. That's his, you know, and he wants to take it away. He can take it away. How do I do it so I can build it and I can build and own and maintain my community? So that's kind of what we look for. And that's building that's engagement. Everyone's building looking for engagement. engagement. Absolutely. Cut right through it. Flick is the godfather of podcasts. <laughs> Flick is the podcast king. That's what we have to go. You want to know about podcasts? 
go to Flick and learn about the various podcasts and what they deliver. Now, you just mentioned Mooch. He just went psycho. I had him on the phone a few times in the last month. I said, what are you, friggin' nuts, you idiot? You just was with the president <laughs> saying he's the greatest guy in the world. Now he's a moron. He's this. He's... I said, stop it, Mooch, because nobody's going to give you money yeah, yeah. if they think you're going to stab him in the back. Mm-hmm. I said, you got to calm down. Yeah. And then he does a podcast. Not for nothing. Mm-hmm. The Mooch and, and his wife. Who the frig wants to listen to <laughs> Gambit Bagger? I mean, he's interesting. Yeah. With all respect, I love Deirdre. Yeah. Deirdre's my friend. I yeah, love yeah. you, Deirdre. But boring. Oh, right. Mooch and you, does it, it's not interesting. You go, you banter. But I don't want to know if he was able to get an erection last night. I'm not interested. I'm interested. And Carl brings in all the people. He's our producer here. He brings in the most mm-hmm. interesting cross-section. Yeah. We had the guy who headed up the Iranian, not the Contra. Yeah, Freeway mm-hmm. Ricky Ross. Yeah. yeah, we, yeah. We had, I mean, we've had everybody. I don't care if you're a criminal, murderer, anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You bring him in. Carl, and our cross-section of our podcast touches upon mm-hmm. things that we're interested. Some guys he brought on here, I didn't know who the hell they were. Like this last guy with that book. What's Bradley it called? Bradley Birkenfeld, Lucifer's Banker. It's called Lucifer's Banker. Mm-hmm. This guy was the most interesting guy. And leading up to it, I really didn't do too much homework, but as I spoke to him, and I did read a little bit prior to me yeah, doing yeah. I realized who he brought on to the show the night before I really read up on it. And I said, if this guy is what I think he is, he turned out to be better. Yeah. It was probably one of the best podcasts we had. And when you realize the inference, what's going on right now with the president of the United States, with them worrying about him talking to the guy from Ukraine, when you got a vice president that stands up there and says three years ago, yeah, I called up the president of Ukraine and I said to him, if that prosecutor doesn't drop that case against my son, you won't get the billion dollars in funding. He actually says it. You got the smoker gun coming up. Nobody wants to. The papers don't want to put it in. This is a society of newspapers and news media that have one thing in direction to impeach this president. Nobody wants to accept the fact that he got elected. To me, it's such a horrific thing. We're wasting so much time in this country with this bullshit. Let's get on with the country. As far as the president goes, if I was the president, I'd say, look at I, we're going to keep giving you money, but we don't like corruption. Like, we try to weed it out in America. We'd like you to weed corruption out in Ukraine here, too. And we'd like to be a partner with you. And if, if this vice president did something wrong with his son, I think we should find out. I want to know if there was corrupt Americans doing corruption here in your country, too. That If I'm the president, I would say the same thing. Now, in reality, there's a thing called presidential Executive privilege. Executive privilege. He has some some right. I want to know how these leaks are coming out. One, the president of Mexico. There was a leak there. There was a leak with another head of another president with the president. Three major leaks out of the Oval Office with conversations of this president with heads of state. What I'm worried about is that that Jerichoff, what that was on CNN all the time, the head of the Intelligence Committee. What was his name? The former under Obama. The head of the intelligence committee under Obama. He's on CNN all the time. Oh, Clapper? And the other jerk off. Two of these guys. They're on the news media on CNN talking about he was the head of the intelligence. He was the intelligence head. And now they're out there telling all these things. You got people who are there who are still very close to them. And I think that's I want to know how these leaks are getting out. To me, the FBI should be involved with finding out how the hell are these leaks coming out with privileged conversations with the president. To me, that's the biggest offense I hear from anything. How is that getting out to the street? Right. 
Yeah, I have no idea. It's uh, like, this, this is like not political. This seen. is not political. This yeah. is what's right is yeah. right, man, and that that's one of the issues there. But this has been an interesting one, really. But we're going to continue. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you get a see from at Rails? Maybe with Carl Banks. What date is that? Yeah, that's uh, we don't want to say it on air, but we'll get him. To yeah, yeah. I want to have you. I'll have Carl. Ba- I'll put through some interesting mm-hmm. people, and uh, we'll put. The, maybe I'll get Mooch there so I can beat him up in front of you. <laughs> uh, but we. Uh, you just promoted the show. But you told nobody to listen to it. No, no. It's like, you know, it's like, it's like you know, a chalkboard screeching. Yeah. That's, that's what I listened to it a couple of times. I was on it, a matter yeah, of fact. Yeah, yeah, And uh, I'll be honest with you, very tough. Yeah. Uh, probably on the uh, on the flick wavelengths there, they're probably going down, down, down. No, he's just starting out. He's just starting out. He's starting out. Yeah, but how, how, do you, how do you do something talking with your wife? Yeah. That anyone, why do they listen to Mooch? About his wife? Yeah. Or they listen to Mooch is probably the smartest guy, one mm-hmm. of the smartest guys I've ever met on his feet. I've yeah. gone to every one of his hedge fund things. I've been yeah, a yeah. guest speaker and all that. And I've been a keynote speaker there. He is so great on his feet, interviewing presidents mm-hmm. and prime ministers. He's great. He knows everything about the economy. And I'll tell you what, it's a loss to President Trump by losing him because mm-hmm. he was one of the smartest guys in the room. Yeah. And he could go on a TV show and he knew everything. That's what he's known for. He's got a great fun to fun hedge fund. That's what he's known for. But to take it down and start getting involved with political horse mm-hmm. shit, that's wrong. Yeah. I think it, I think it could be a downfall. Mm-hmm. You got to think what's going to be the downfall. Yeah. Me, I hate politics. I'd never run for shit again. When I ran for mayor of this city, how bad this big bird yeah, de Blasio yeah, yeah. was, he actually threw me off the line. He had his lawyer, general counsel, sitting in the courtroom. I actually ran for mayor without a line. Mm-hmm. I was a lifelong Republican. I then administered myself to be a Democrat because Democratic city. Hey, look, at wear whatever party line you want. Yeah, yeah. It's what your beliefs are. My beliefs are to protect this city and protect New Yorkers and to make this city safe and, and livable for people. Mm-hmm. That's all I am. I can wear Republican. I can wear Democrat. I can wear Independent. Mm-hmm. That's all I wanted to do. And he made sure he had his general counsel in the Supreme Court, a Court of Appeals, and the Appellate Court that he was there. He, I ran with no line. Election day, the ballot was out there. All the candidates for mayor were on the left. I looked for my name, couldn't find it. There, there, people are calling Bo, I can't find you. I'm on the bottom right under some Chinese guy. I don't even know where the fuck I was. And that was my introduction to the corruption mm-hmm. of the New York City electro, uh, electoral uh, board and all that crap. And now all of a sudden, mysteriously, I owed him $50,000 or something because I didn't dot an I across the T. Yeah. Yeah. It, this is. Are, are you telling me New York politics is corrupt? Oh. <laughs> so, Nigel, maybe you could talk a little bit about your. Uh, Court cases when when you were with Fanduel, yeah, how was yeah. that? So, yeah, what's happened with that? Oh my god! Uh, so well, back in 2015, uh, we had uh, at least 11 states claim that fantasy sports, which has been played for 50 years, was was illegal gambling and that we should be shut down. And the biggest one was in New York. Um, so we we went to court with the attorney general. Uh, we actually um, that was Schneiderman. The Schneiderman, yeah, yeah, and we actually that got, was before he got caught was pants down. What's that? That was before he got caught with his pants. Yeah, out. yeah, yeah. This is a few years ago. And we actually got that stayed. But then we went up to the legislature. So we went up to Albany to say, look, okay, you know, at worst, this law is not clear about fantasy sports. Let's really clarify it. And so we went up to Albany and we worked with Republicans. We worked with Democrats. We worked in the House. We worked in the Senate uh, and all the way up to the governor's office to get a bill through. And at the 11th hour, in fact, it was it was the last day of session, but I think it was three o'clock in the morning. Um, 
we got that bill through. And if we hadn't got that bill through, it probably would have shut the company down because to lose New York would have been so I was on the phone in the back of my old house on the phone, I think, with you and your partner there while I had two United, uh, two uh, state senators that I was trying to crack and saying to them the good points of it, mm -hmm. why they should really consider voting for it, yeah. was the fact that I had a gun. No, I'm only kidding, <laughs> only kidding, only kidding. Now, I told them about the positivity yeah. of, of the people we're getting taxes. Yeah. Also, the advent of you know, eliminating any the kind of organized market, crime yeah. and black market and all that. Uh, you know, and I, I tried to sell it f for the, all the important, mm -hmm. favorable parts of yeah. it. And we were able to get them to come on board. Yeah. And they would, we had hundreds of thousands, hundreds of thousands of players like contacting their legislators saying, you know, let us play. Like, this is crazy. The government's getting involved in fantasy sports. You know, pass the bill. Like, we're wanted, we want to be regulated. We want to pay our taxes. We want the players to be protected. Why yeah. wouldn't you pass this bill? Right. And it worked. So, like, you know, one way you kind of, yes, yeah, I do think that a lot of politics here is very corrupt. But in the other way, I look at that and I say it worked. Like, this is what the voters wanted. Yeah. It was good for the industry. And we got it through. But it wasn't What smooth. was the, the sports league's reception? Uh, was it... Initially, you know, I'd say very initially, but, but, you know, by that point, they were very supportive. Very initially when we came out, they were tentative. They're like, is this gambling? Is it not gambling? Is this fantasy sports? And so over the years, we got closer to them and they got to understand it. And they're like, no, we support this. And actually, it's a very good moment in the book where where uh, Adam Silver actually called me up at my wow. house. Um, I just had a, like a really horrible call of my uh, attorney uh, with my general counsel was like, oh, Massachusetts coming out against us, a bunch of other states are coming out against us. And I put the phone down, the next one is, is Adam Silver calling me and, and he's basically saying, we got your back, like we're, we're standing wow. behind you. You know, we, you know, he had already come out and said sports betting should be legal, like fantasy sports. It's different, but you know, there's no, shouldn't be any question about this legality. And so he phoned me up and said, "Yeah, we're we're supporting you." Uh, yeah, I mean, you you had the the uh, casinos popping up everywhere, mm -hmm. and now you could gamble. My part of my thing was, if I became mayor, I would have tried to get legislation on uh, to get try to get Governor's Island over here, build some nice. Casino there, you have all the broadway <laughs> yeah, yeah. shows, best restaurant. Why do we lose money to the Catskills, mm -hmm. to Atlantic City? Yeah. Build our own. And you, yeah. you know what? You got all the people you need right here in New York. Mm -hmm. Greatest restaurants again, greatest yeah. Broadway shows. Bingo. Imagine that revenue of a billion dollars to New York mm -hmm. City. Be, I mean, that was one of my ideas, but uh, I'm, I'll, I'll never, ever have that come to fruition because <laughs> I'll never, ever, ever, ever run for political office. But, uh, you know, again, again, Nigel, it's just remarkable what you did. And I just can't believe, and I don't think some of my listeners can believe, that you came out with such little potatoes. Well, we're not finished. Good, I like that. I like that. <laughs> don't worry. And if you need any help on okay. the uh, investigative side, yeah. we've been known to handle some mucho cases, yeah. some big cases. So tell your lawyers there, schmuck, schmuck, and schmuck. They want to <laughs> hire us. Uh, you know what I mean? We could yeah. we could do interviews. We could do anything you want to do. But it's That's really tough. so. Every week. Mm -hmm. Every week we do something punk of the week. Mm -hmm. Now it could be an issue. It could be something that's happened yeah, around. Yeah. And, uh, we ask our guests, what yeah. is your punk of the week? <laughs> what is bothering you this week more than anything? What's bothering me this week? Uh, I don't know. This has been a pretty active week. Uh, it's SoftBank. That's, that's one. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. SoftBank. So SoftBank is one of the major, uh, the biggest investor in WeWork. Uh, so WeWork pulled its IPO. Um, and uh, last week, now it was incredibly overvalued. It was incredibly overvalued because 
SoftBank uh, overvalued it. Um, and then as now soon what's as, SoftBank? SoftBank is a uh, is an investment, it's a hundred billion dollar investment fund. Oh, and so wow. they've been investing. Who heads that up? What's that? Who heads that up? Uh, it's uh, I can't pronounce his first name. It's um, Son is his Son is his surname. Uh, no, I'm not, not going to mangle his surname. Some of an M. Yeah, and he uh, so he's raised a lot of the money from the Saudis. He raised a hundred billion. Uh, he invested a lot in Uber. Uh, he's invested <laughs> a lot of it in WeWork. Um, which uh, why didn't he invest in you? No, we didn't pitch him. Well, you know, like Shh. we look at. Whenever uh, you look at it, what happened was he they massively overvalued it. Then they tried to flog it in the public markets, which was you know, at a ridiculous valuation. We, we work, yeah, uh, yeah. And then we work, and the, and the public markets basically threw up all over it and said, "This yeah. isn't worth forty percent of what you're saying." Absolutely, yeah. I looked at that because you look around these buildings and a couple of places there, and all of a sudden they got this. It, they wanted to jump on the dot com mm-hmm. valuation, yeah, yeah, and it ain't a dot com yeah. company because yeah. you have to have bricks and mortar. You have employees. It's a lot different than yeah. software. I own a software company. That's mm-hmm. easy shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just pump it out. Yeah. Yeah, so what happened then is the uh, the IPO get pulled. So SoftBank had been pushing the strategy of like raise money, span, grow, raise money, span, grow. As soon as the IPO gets pulled, they're like, okay, let's knife the founders, wow. kick them out. Uh, they got rid of the head of WeWork? Yeah, he yeah, stepped, he down stepped down yesterday. Wow. So that's your punk of the week. What about you there, Chief? Uh, punk of the week. Uh, I'm just saying this this homeless situation on the subway is out of control. And Call you tell like, me this every freaking week. But it's week. getting worse and worse. And it's like so. You know, why don't you take it Uber? It's a lot of money. Subway's only two seventy five. Oh, okay. Things are that bad in the Bodino yeah, Associates. And all these people are coming coming at after saying we should we should let the homeless people stay on. The so subway. you're trying it's to crazy. put in for a raise, Carlo? Yeah. Oh, okay. Or at least uh, Uber. I'm gonna check with the CEO and chairman. And we're gonna see what we can do. I'm the fucking CEO and chairman, okay? All right, who bothers me? My punk of the week is this punk that I watch, Adam Schiff, the head of the Congressional Judiciary Committee. This guy needs a punch in his face. He's such an obnoxious punk. He went after Trump with this bullshit, the Russia the collusion. They went down, and he actually made a statement. He had the smoking gun, the evidence never to be. Why aren't these politicians held to task with all their bullshit that they say. I, we had Peter King was one of, was on my show. Peter, you're Northern Ireland. Mm-hmm. He was instrumental with that peace accord. And Peter King is one of my biggest supporters mm-hmm. from day one. And I'm one of his biggest supporters since 1986. And Peter King was really instrumental in them laying down the arms. Thank God. Cousins fighting cousins. It was like our civil war. And I'm, thank God it's quieted down. I understand there's a lot of dissension still, but we have to go to the positive side. Yeah, the of war, things. Is, war is over. Uh, like yeah, in North I, I, I just thank God we're not hearing explosions. Yeah, yeah. Innocent people. I was there in London with MI5, uh, MI6 when they blew up the band shell there, mm-hmm. and, and I saw the pictures of the horses mm-hmm. blown up and all that shit. I was with the MI6 guys over there drinking with them, and they were showing me the pictures. And I'm just glad that war, mm-hmm. that, that is over mm-hmm. with. But we got one more. Yeah, yeah. Now, tomorrow is the premiere of the greatest movie that's been made since The Godfather. It's called The Irishman. An accolade to you uh, from Northern Ireland. And how tough is it? There is no tickets. I couldn't even get two tickets for <laughs> me and Margo to go. And I was told, and I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I then contacted Mr. Martin Scorsese, my yeah, yeah. dear friend. I do have a very 
very formidable role in the movie, uh-huh. playing opposite two B actors, a guy named Robert De Niro and and Al Pacino. I've heard of those. Only kidding, yeah. kidding. My parts, my parts is, is with two of the greatest actors of all times. So I'm really excited uh-huh. about this premiere. Now, one of my friends who run a three trillion dollar, I won't name who he is. He runs a three trillion dollar investment bank. Mm-hmm. Says, you know, Bo, I'm buying. 20 tickets to the screening prior, and I'd like you to come. We're going to have a luncheon. He's throwing a luncheon. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he bought these tickets, so we're going to have a pre-luncheon at 1 o'clock tomorrow before the 3 o'clock screening, mm-hmm. and that's the screening. You can't yeah. get in there either. But the world premiere then is at 7.30 at Lincoln Center tomorrow. I am so Excited. It's the biggest role that I've ever had mm-hmm. in a movie. And I've been in 35, 40 movies and TV yeah. series. And tomorrow we're going to, pr- the premiere will be tomorrow night. How exciting is that, Carlo? It's exciting. It, it's been be. highly anticipated since it yeah. was announced. And it's called Because of You, Nigel. <laughs> and they named it the Irish. Uh, I appreciate that. In honor of you, Nigel. Yeah, yeah. Being from Northern Ireland. Yeah. And that's it. Well, how can we get in touch with you? Just give us uh, your contacts. That's great. I will do. No, some got to no, over the air. Want to find Our you. listeners, uh, people want to find you. Social media. Oh, yeah, yeah. They so want to find I'm, uh, I'm Nigel at, uh, on Twitter. Probably the easiest way to get me. Nigel, and, spell it. Uh, oh, yeah, sorry. It's N-I-G-E-L-E-C-C-L-E-S. And then what if they want to get you on Flick? On Flick, uh, it doesn't quite work like that. You have to be in groups that I'm in. If you, um, if you come in, join any of the groups, like the Audible for Fantasy Sports, Snapback Sports, SVA Card Collectors, I'm in all of those groups. You'll find so me. So can, can people get you. the app? What's that? And, and if you want to get uh, Flick Chat, search for Flick Chat on the App Store. It'll be the top result. You can download it, and you can check out any of those groups. We'll do that today, Absolutely. too. We, I want to flick up also. I want to get on a flick app. And we really appreciate you coming in, Carlo. All right. You Take can find away. us. We're at One Tough Podcast on Twitter. Bo is at Bo Deedle on Twitter and at the Real Bo Deedle on Instagram. You can email us anytime. Send us any questions or guest suggestions. We read every single email. We're at One Tough Podcast at gmail.com. We're going to keep our great guests going. Thanks a lot. For- Hold on. One more thing. Soon to be on Flick because we're going on Flick. Okay? As soon as we're on Mr. Flick, Mr. Nigel, we're can we come on Flicky? We're going to do it straight away. Thank you. And I'm excited about that. Let's put it in the show notes. Put it in the show notes. I can give you a link. All right. Great. That's that's wonderful. And all our listeners out there, remember, we have extraordinary guests, a guy like Nigel that should have gotten a lot more money. I think now he's with Bo. And from now on, we're going to get potatoes on everything (laughs) we do. Okay, Nigel? Sounds good. All right, my brother. Thank you for coming. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Nigel. Thank you. We'll see you guys next week.